Today, we're talking about the three lies that keep you from getting what you want and three tools to help you feel better now. Lie number one, I don't know. <laughs> Lie number two, I don't know how. Lie number three, I don't have evidence for that. Okay, so lie number one, I don't know. I don't know is one of these indulgent thoughts that robs you of all of your wisdom. We think we're just describing facts like reporting on the weather, but in actuality, what we're doing more often than not is simply avoiding a feeling. We're gonna use some examples from my apartment hunt to illustrate the impact of these lies. <laughs> So I went to see this apartment in a certain part of town, loved parts of it, but and it was the first one I went to see as soon as I started the process. And part of me just wanted to sign and be done. A big, loud, nagging, scared, annoyed, frustrated part of me. <laughs> there was a lot of construction going on nearby, and there was practical guarantee of there being drilling and jackhammering all day long. Not to mention some recent incidents in the area. So I had all these circumstances. The price of the apartment was X. The lease term was Y. Construction noise, et cetera, expected was Z. And I had my criteria I was looking for in a place, but the best my brain could come up with was, I don't know. I don't know. But what if you did? What if you had to guess? What if I did know? So you see, I don't know was a lie. A lie I had told myself in previous apartment searches, it was a well-grooved neural pathway and a set of stories my mind liked to throw around about how the process sucks, how I'm particularly terrible at it, and how I'm going to end up in some terrible situation, like last time, and end up homeless and die. <laughs> Once I momentarily set aside some of the drama, I was able to get at the root of what was blocking my wisdom. But what if I did know? The answer was no. Now, there are some helpful mental models out there, like when it comes to big decisions, like where you live, if you can't decide, the answer is no. But sometimes to capture the asymmetric upside, you want to say yes. So how do you know when to say what? Well, the simplest, most helpful question to ask yourself is, what if I do know? What if I did? For recovering perfectionists and people pleasers alike, honestly discerning what it is you know and want can be a process of unlearning old thought patterns and consciously training your mind anew. My clients, they tend to have been wired in a similar way to me, <laughs> overachieving, high-strung, in pursuit of the right way, the right answer, the optimal result. But nothing saps your judgment and intuition like I don't know. What if when it came to what you wanted, you weren't allowed to say, I don't know? Try it for literally five days. When the old thought bubble pops up, making you want to lie like a turtle on its back and say, I don't know what I want. I don't know. <laughs> Gently and graciously respond. But what if you did? Okay. Lie number two. Lie number two is somewhat of a derivative of lie number one. That is, I don't know how. I don't know how is another indulgent thought that leads to indecision and faux confusion. I don't know how it likes to pop up in my brain when I have to use like a new software tool or web extension or some little manual task that requires reading like an instruction manual. <laughs> I don't know how is the bullshit way your primitive brain tries to keep you safe in the cave by not trying, not figuring it out, and not venturing out to the dangerous hinterlands of 
the Zoob webinar functionality or RSS feeds. <laughs> when your brain wants to offer up to you the lie that you don't know how, I want you to think of this. It's like me saying right now, I'm sitting in this chair and I don't know how to get up. No, no, literally, I don't know how. Now, you might experience this when you're knee deep in social media scrolling or snacking or any other form of emotional buffering. There's this little part of you though, the watcher, that is aware of what's going on. In fact, if you tune in closely enough next time this happens, you'll find you can have a little conversation with the watcher. It might go something like this. I see that you're scrolling on TikTok. This isn't making you feel better. You're gonna feel a lot worse later, and this is why. In a few microseconds, your primitive brain will offer an unhelpful lie that is lie number two. But I don't know how. I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to turn it off. Again, this is the same logic as me saying to you right now. I'm sitting, and I don't know how to get up. Now, with lie number two, the simplest way often is to just cut to the chase. Five, four, three, two, one, get up. Five, four, three, two, one, phone down. Five, four, three, two, one, credit card away. Five, four, three, two, one. With these smaller micro tasks, it's not even worth negotiating and reasoning with yourself, but what if you did? You do. Enough, get up, or lie down, or sit. <laughs> it's the only three things humans really do. Sit, stand, and lie down. Whether you're Oprah, The Rock, me, or you. <laughs> Alrighty, lie number three. Lie number three says, but I don't have evidence for that. This generally comes up when you're practicing your thought work and say you're trying to practice a new belief like, I can figure this out, or I can get what I want. Let's go back to the apartment example for a moment. But of course, this applies to literally anything you're working through at work, in business, relationships, you name it. Our reptilian brains are all evolved to operate in the same way, negativity bias. That is, our brain will give 10 times more attention to and waiting to the evidence of things that have, are, or will go wrong. This makes sense evolutionarily, a bit of a digression, but you can think of it as your fire alarm system. You'd rather false positives than false negatives, type two rather than type one error. And in the cave, if I eat those differently colored berries, I might die. Or if I do the wrong thing, my tribe might abandon me and I'll die. <laughs> so our unmanaged minds left to their own devices conjure up and play and replay ad infinitum the cold, hard evidence of all the ways we fucked up, we failed, we were wrong, and it didn't work out. Welcome to being human. Okay, but so here's the lie. So say you know all of this, and still you're working on consciously retraining and rewiring your mind to believe more helpful thoughts that will create the results you want in your life. Aha, but reptilian brain argues back. <laughs> okay, so I'm hunting for apartments, and out of nowhere, like a drive-by shooting, a thought pops in. Remember that time you moved into that place and your neighbor smoked and you had to move out? What about that time that that construction noise drove you crazy and you had to leave? See, cold, hard evidence, right? The emotion feels real and raw because our mind does not know the difference between experiencing something in the now and replaying the thoughts in our mind. Side note, do you see how this can be a superpower? 
let me repeat that. Your mind does not know the difference between you having, say, a million dollars in your bank account now and you believing and embodying what it will feel like when you do. Your mind does not know the difference between you sharing your life with your dream husband and you believing and embodying what it will feel like when you do. Your brain literally does not know the difference. It's why you can make the million and get the husband and then immediately feel anxious as hell about losing the money, spending it all, not having enough, or him cheating on you five minutes later. How you train your mind to feel along the way is how it will feel when you get there. How you feel along the way is how you will feel when you get there. Okay, so 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 back to lie number three. So when I tell my mind, okay, I'm scanning for ways I can figure it out, ways I can make it work, it kind of feels like amorphous and abstract, like this like gray blob. Like sure, like there's the possibility of it working out, but look at all this cold, hard evidence of all the times it didn't. Evidence, damn it. <laughs> this is the next level of rewiring your brain. It's not just passively pondering the possibility of things working out, which is great, but it's also specifically calling out the concrete evidence of how you've made that true before. Literally ask yourself, what are three times I loved where I was living? Three times I found a place to live that I loved. When things are smooth sailing and go all right, I can otherwise just discount that as a fluke. Consider it a lucky drop, attribute it to some outside factor like a friend who helped. Or just ignore the awesomeness, again, if we're sticking with this apartment example, of the apartment entirely. And focus on something else that was completely fucked about my experience in that apartment. <laughs> yeah, it was peaceful and quiet and safe and cozy. But on two nights I remember four years ago, I ate some cake and didn't sleep. The terror. <laughs> So the antidote to lie number three is to begin training yourself to think like a scientist examining your mind. You know, in the scientific method, you aren't supposed to map on the data to a pre-existing theory of the universe. That's not science, that's pseudoscience or religion. Science is falsifiable. You present a null hypothesis, some default view, and then seek out evidence to reject it. If your null hypothesis is, things don't work out for me, I can't get what I want, I always mess things up. Consider the alternative. I always figure it out. I can get what I want. And I have the evidence to back this up. In our one-on-one -on -one work, we tailor ladder thoughts, like a personal trainer would, to build up your reps and sets in a sustainable way. Ladder thoughts are why coaching works, whereas positive affirmations and magical manifesting don't. <laughs> if you think you're undeserving of love and hate your face or body, it won't be helpful to jump to, I'm a beautiful Adonis. A latter thought is a super unsexy thought, like, I have a human nose, or I have a human stomach. It's the critical building block to evolving away from the contingent self-worth we talked about last time of high-achieving professionals to the unwavering, unshakable self-love, growing into emotional adulthood. Okay, two bonus tools here, <laughs> prefixes and suffixes. In this context, what this means is what we work on is appending a qualifier to the impossible goal thought, right? So let's say again, this goal thought is I always figure it out. If you don't believe that yet, which again, we know, we check whether we believe something by seeing the physical sensation in our bodies, our feelings, we can append a prefix like it's possible that. 
I'm learning to believe that, or sometimes I know that. And the suffix, we depend at the end. So for instance, instead of saying, I don't have my dream relationship and job, it would be, I don't have my dream relationship and job yet. All right. <laughs> that was a lot for today. But to recap, the three lies robbing you of your wisdom and keeping you swirling in indecision, confusion, and indulgent emotion are one, I don't know what I want. Two, I don't know how. Three, I don't have the evidence for it. Three of the fundamental tools to help you get exactly what you want and feel better are one, but what if you did? Two, five, four, three, two, one, get up. Three, what are three specific pieces of evidence to the contrary? And the three bonus tools for today were one, practice super unsexy neutral ladder thoughts if your goal thoughts aren't yet believable. Two, append a prefix like it's possible that, I'm learning to believe that, and three, append a suffix like, I haven't met him yet. If you know it's time to get on the, the fuck out of that chair, join us. Go to jonathanherzogcoach.com and book a consult to start getting exactly what you want out of life now.